Hi, this is Jamie Shokum, host of Webcomics Reviews and Interviews. Tonight, we're looking at Merry-Go-Round versus Roller Coaster. So sit back, relax, and let the Geek Fest begin. Back in the 1980s, there was this incredible Steve Martin movie called Parenthood. Basically, it was a John Hughes movie for adults, you know? Sort of funny, sort of vanilla, but making a lot of really poignant remarks about life in general. And unlike the average John Hume movie where it looked at from the kid point of view, the teenagers, it basically looked at it from the adults, and more importantly, the adults that had an established family. Straight up, if you've not seen this movie, you absolutely need to, and if you haven't seen it recently, you might want to look at it again. But, relative to tonight's conversation, is that there's this one scene... Well, let me back up by about half a step. You have these two parents, Steve Martin and his wife, who have three kids together. Two do certain neurological issues, or more accurately, some severe psychological problems. Steve Martin's character, Gil, um, always takes the safe route on stuff. You know? It's just... He's scared of taking risk, understandably so. Three kids, and he's just starting to see a point where he he's getting really nervous and all this because he's hitting that point of life where you know he's just not level of success that he'd want to be at, and he's trying to figure out what he needs to do in order to push himself to the next level. At the same time, you've got his wife who's definitely mastered improvisation. She's a mother and then a son. She knows exactly what's going on with her three kids. She's willing to fight to the end for them. And in essence, she's a little bit of, you know, she's mastered chaos. This combination of fire and ice has enabled them to have three reasonably successful kids. Yeah, they're sort of debating what's going on with the youngest one, but, you know, and... Okay, obviously the kids aren't perfect, but the bottom line is, it's a great little family. Arguably the best one in the, presented in the entire movie, and there's a couple. However, it just finally hit a point where the two of them are starting to have problems with each other. And so there's a lot of conflict, and the conflict is rising. Well comes down to a head in this one scene where they're having a knockdown drag out fight and she's about to deliver some major news that's going to rock the family specifically she's got another kid on the way and she's trying to figure out how to tell Gil meanwhile Gil's trying to hit the point where he's thinking about quitting and he's in fact already quit and he's trying to figure out how to tell this news to his wife so yeah, you've got this really cool dynamic going on where you've got, you know, the normally static vanilla husband is all of a sudden debating taking serious risk, but the normal improvisational wife is starting to want a much safer path. Well, all this conflict and drama has hit a major boiling point. And during this fight, 
her mother, his mother-in-law comes in and tells this incredible story about life, little girl, and how she went to a carnival. Yeah, you, we all know this type of carnival. The fly-by-night uh, usually would be accompanied by free tickets for the kids. You know, really bad rigged arcade games. Debatable quality roast peanuts and hot dogs. Yeah, we're talking serious. If you're a gluten-free person, you would hate this thing. And, you know, the kind of smells you love. Uh a couple of rides and well the little girl is debating between the merry-go-round and the roller coaster you know the two types of rides even if we're talking with a little bit older twist in them you know the merry-go-round it's nice it's safe it goes around making it great for little kids a little bit older adults and for couples looking for an excuse to get a little bit more intimate and having the situation where the chaperone can't do anything about it. Some of the carousels had a little bit of a risk factor in that you could grab a ring and toss it into a clown's mouth. If you got lucky, you'd sometimes get a free ride. But the bottom line is, is that the merry-go-round is incredibly boring to most people, but it's still a little bit of a fun for others depending on what you're trying what you're after obviously I'm contrasting this with the fact that the little girl wanted to go on the roller coaster it went up it went down it went around you had all this screaming yelling you had people puking when they got off it sometimes we're talking total chaos and she absolutely loved it her point Obviously, is that in life you're going to have people who prefer the carousel and you have people who prefer the roller coaster. However, that's fine. You need those two different types of approaches in order to succeed in anything. And that's sort of what we're going to be exploring. And by the way, there's some really great payoff on that particular scene later on. It has arguably the it's followed up by a kid's play that has arguably some of the best Foley work I've ever seen since or before. It's, a, it's just all sorts of cool. But, so I heavily recommend seeing Parenthood. But, when it comes to web comics, and yeah, here's where I'm trying to tie it in. When you're going to have a lot of people who have a huge team, but usually it's going to be a pair of people. And if you're dealing with a pair of people, it sort of helps if you're dealing with people who are a little bit, in terms of extreme, in terms of merry-go-rounds versus roller coaster. Yeah, I'll be getting into a lot of what constitutes a merry-go-round in a roller coaster person. We're going to have lots of fun with that. Um, one caveat before I get going is that occasionally I may slip up and use carousel instead of merry-go-round. Uh, don't let it throw you. Just go with it. I recognize that the error is going to be in there, and if I'm literally lucky, it won't. But if it does pop up, hey, I've been nice in giving you a heads up on that matter. So deal with it, right? Alright, so, now that we've got the two names of the archetypes in your head, what exactly constitutes a merry-go-round person? Alright, the other analogy I'm going to get stuck in your head tonight is the concept of Spock versus Kirk.
for our purposes. Yeah, it's pretty obviously that Spock is going to be our merry-go-round person and Kirk is going to be our roller coaster person. Like, that's any major surprise. So, with that in mind, Carousel person is the person who generally is going to tend to play it safe. When it comes down to it, look at those really cool sets of dominoes you see on TV every so often, or go look it up on YouTube, where you've got this person who set up a really huge domino set. We're talking thousands, tens of thousands, even hundreds of thousands of dominoes have been planned, have been set in a particular pattern that when they go off, when that first domino is flipped, you're going to see this incredible design happen. And better yet, it's going to happen in real time. You're going to see a lot of really cool stuff happen, especially if the person's had way too much fun. That's because it's a merry-go-round person it is more interested in setting up an infrastructure for something and then waiting till it actually ends up going off. When it comes to the writing and art, they're going to basically be looking at trying to keep it relatively simple in order to control all the risk. So yeah, we're looking at somebody who's definitely into making safe bets. You know, really incredible stuff going on occasionally, but we're usually talking low risk. They're also going to try to strive for simplicity because if they make things way too complicated, well, every time you make things a little bit more complicated, you're going to throw in a little bit more of a risk factor. And the more complicated things are, well, the more risk factors you have to deal with. And the merry-go-round person just hates dealing with that kind of stuff. They're also going to tend to be a lot more logical. These are people who generally tend to be you know, if I had to go with jazz, we'd be more of the cool jazz. That is, they're looking at ways to strive to become better at their work, sure. But they're looking at technique versus basically tempo. Um, so because of that, they're going to come off as a lot more logical. They're going to be more interested in the details of what they're doing to an incredibly nth degree. Which is great for the art, but can be aggravating for everybody around them. If you want to see how much fun this can be, go online and look up pretty much any fan argument and look at the person who's throwing all the facts around. And you're going to see somebody who can go argue two entirely different types of Star Wars blasters that are virtually the exact same except for one little detail. And you'll point out just how incredible that one little detail makes that first blaster. You know, some people get off on arguing the details. The merry-go-round person happens to be that person. But this also means they're going to be a lot more grounded. That is, this is the kind of person you go to in order to ask them an actual important advice. I want to get it. You know, you're going to say it's more balanced, but it's basically built on the idea of taking on a safe bet. You know? Which one is going to be for the less stress and ultimately less risk? While this is an incredibly grounded person, again, look at Mr. Spock and how much fun he is at parties. Oh wait, he's not. Alright, so obviously the more logical merry-go-round person is not going to want to be a lot of fun at parties. They're going to suck at improvisation and basically they don't adapt well to any situation. Also, because you like it safe to such a degree, um, 
that's where they're going to tend to feel more comfortable. This is going to be a major plus minus when it comes to doing a comic because, well, they're going to want to keep down the absolute risk factors and tend to go a little bit more vanilla, a little bit safer. Um, you know, they're not going to want to alienate readers by throwing something big at them. They want to keep it nice and safe. They're going to play by numbers, and this can get aggravating. Uh, they just simply don't like surprises. You know, surprises represent variables, and they don't like variables. If they can keep variables out of the equation as much as possible, hey, they'll be right down there with it. You know? Notice when a domino set, when you're actually constructing it, there's a lot of ways to prevent things from, you know, knocking over way too early, you know, plus there's ways to keep animals out, so on and so forth. In essence, our merry-go-round person is going to take full advantage of those situations to build his little set of dominoes. And because of that, there's going to be absolutely no surprises when it actually goes off. Um, this also, of course, means that we're talking easy predictability. Whenever you watch a movie that you can predict pretty much five minutes in, that was a merry-go-round person. Usually an exec stepping in and saying, hey, we can't do this kind of stuff. We're going to do the nice by-the-numbers approach. And, of course, a merry-go-round person loves control. That's sort of why they're on merry-go-rounds in the first place. We can predict where it's going to go. So no variables. We know when it's going to stop and when it's going to start and when you can load and so on and so forth. There's a nice little ritual there. That ritual gives them, makes them feel all sorts of comfy. And while it's great for them, you're getting the feeling that this is going to be major aggravation for the other person. Well, let me tell you, Captain Kirk can be an idiot. The good news about having a roller coaster on the team is that, well, let's take a step back and actually look at what we're talking about. We're looking at somebody who tends to go by their emotion rather than their logic. This is all sorts of cool. It gives a certain amount of passion to the comic. You know, I don't care if they're the writer or if they're the artist. There's going to be some serious passion because they're infesting it virtually, you know. Um, Good news is that to well, look, loving chaos does have some advantages when it comes to dealing with chaos. You know, writing writing life by the seat of your pants is all sorts of exciting and all this, but well, it does give you some advantages. First off, you know, it's going to mean you're going to be able to roll with the punches. Something bad happens, you're going to be able to figure out a way to deal with it quickly as possible. Um. And adaptability is arguably the coolest thing about having a roller coaster person on there. As far as marketing goes, having a person who's absolutely on fire, on passion, if he says the most messed up stuff in the universe, is not necessarily a bad thing to have on the team. If nothing else, this person is going to come off great in terms of interviews, even though you might want to, well, do a little practice first. But, the bottom line is, you're going to have somebody who goes into 
really weird, chaotic situations. And he's going to be able to roll with the punches and deal with the situation on the ground. You know, this is the kind of person you send into chaotic situations and you know that they're going to come out great on the other side. And that's exactly why you want a roller coaster person as part of your team. However, well, first off, there's the problems they like chaos. If things get going too staticky, yeah, they're going to throw some sort of monkey wrench into the situation just so they can have something random to adapt to. This is a, why people hate Captain Kirk. Yeah, the guy does some incredible stuff when it comes to improvisation. The guy gets all the chicks. And yeah, the guy can deal with pretty much anything you throw at him. With same time, however, once in a while you know he's throwing stuff in there just to see if he can pull stuff out of the fire. That restlessness is arguably one of the biggest drawbacks to having a roller coaster person on there because occasionally they'll say or do something just to see what happens. Yeah, sometimes there's the, ch the puzzle of, hey, can I get out of this mess? But sometimes they'll just throw something into the mess just to see what happens. And when that happens, everything hits the fan. And it's not a pretty picture. You know? And then, of course, there's the whole ruled by emotion factor. In essence, they're going to be more random than they are going to be ruled by law. And it's just, you never know what's really going to happen. You have some general ideas, but... Because they're ruled by emotion, if they get into a fight with somebody, that's going to show up in the artwork or the writing. It can all of a sudden take a really cool little family, you know, all-ages comic, and all of a sudden, just because they got challenged online, it's going to go heavy political somehow. So, you know, ultimately... Having them on the team is going to give you that passion, but it's also going to give you that chaos factor. This is where you sort of get into this little nice little synergy between merry-go-round people and roller coaster people. By combining the two of them, you basically enable, you know, the old saying of you maximize your maximums and you minimize your minimums. That is, you increase their strengths and lower the weaknesses. The carousel person obviously needs a roller coaster person. Occasionally, you need them to be knocked out of their static loop. And nothing does that better than a good old roller coaster person. Hi, I've got high energy, high emotion, and I notice you're going in the loop. Yeah, let's knock you out of that. Um, the roller coaster person can also provide inspiration. Sure, the carousel person has establish this really neat little domino chain but a lot of it doesn't really you know, it just doesn't have a lot of flash to it by having a roller coaster person say hey wouldn't it be cool to and then all of a sudden the carousel person goes hey yeah you've got this really neat little thing where your roller coaster person creates some really great puzzles for the merry-go-round person to try to solve and once they actually tr solve that, you actually see a much better product. 
You've also got that that passion obviously can be infectious. This is really great because, well, the rope merry-go-round people don't tend to be really stand up for themselves. You know, it's not necessarily that they don't have a spine, it's just they're trying to keep things nice and calm and collected and eliminate the variables. And if all of a sudden they start standing up for themselves, it throws in some really weird variables to the situation. But if the merry-go-round person has been friend with the roller coaster person long enough, well, they start developing a situation where they can do a little bit more improvisation, where they feel a little bit more confident in dealing with really bad social situations, and it's all sorts of scary, especially the first time it happens. Again, I refer you to the thousand and one movies, but you know where you've got the nerd who's been scared his entire life and all of a sudden isn't anymore, and he just basically takes down the school. That's the that's the obviously the positive effect of the roller coaster person. When it comes down to it, if you can combine the passion of the two of them you're going to have a really cool thing going on. Which, of course, is where the carousel person sort of acts as a really nice control rod to the roller coaster person. The carousel person comes in and grounds the roller coaster person. In other words, creates a situation where you've got to take advantage of all this really cool improvisation and adaptability and emotion and passion. And by throwing a control rod into it, can actually focus all this stuff. That grounding turns an itty bitty little comic that was occasionally funny into something really cool because all of a sudden you've got the situation where you've got all this passion, where you've got this adaptation, where you've got all this improvisation going on, and all of a sudden it has a focus. And you can get some really great Greek myths out of it, not to mention some really great comics. Um, the roller coaster person is now being forced to do build infrastructure, and actually is being shown how to build that infrastructure. Yeah, there's a lot of really cool rock and roll going on there, but it's starting to get a little bit more. Um, sorry, it's starting to get some actual substance to it. That is, there's plans, there's bridges. There's skyscrapers. There's all these really cool structures going on inside of it that all of a sudden are just all sorts of incredible. Um, so you've got this really neat thing where you've got the roller coaster person is trying to do all this really fun improvisation stuff, and right behind him you've got the merry-go-round person enforcing some sort of structure into all of this. It's sort of a really neat little. You know, a really nice little construction crew image going. On top of that, the merry-go-round person can also get the roller coaster person to just simply calm down and relax. You know, I don't care if you want to use the old wrench analogy. You know, where the person you got some incredible person with all this incredible energy and all this going off. And all of a sudden, it gets to be too much, so you've got to have somebody out there to basically club them over the head and knock them out every so often. Well, when you've got the partnership going, that's exactly what will happen. 
you'll have the roller coaster person will basically go on all this really cool explosive energy and all this and he'll have the merry-go-round person temper it down a bit to, like you said it's a really great combination you've got all this fire and you've got all this cold and they're really interacting with each other and adding really neat stuff to each other in essence when everything's said and done it's just sort of fun to see what happens you've got all that energy and all of a sudden you found a way to structure it obviously when we combine the two of them we're getting some really great effects we've got some really great flexibility and approach because we can either basically go with a straight improvisational approach or a slightly more structured approach you know which is really great look at say any of the Warner Brothers cartoons it's probably the best example when you've got Daffy Duck and sorry Bugs Bunny going at it and then all of a sudden Elmer Fudd mixes into the mix well you've got Daffy and Bugs will team up against Elmer and it just gets really weird really quick in essence see from a D&D perspective, Daffy Duck is always going to be chaotic neutral. There's absolutely no question about it. He can go good, he can go bad, he can go crazy. He's never going to go sane. Bugs Bunny is more of a neutral good. He can be good, sorry, he can be lawful, he can be chaotic, but he's usually going to be a good person. And part of this is that when him and Daffy go at it, especially when there's a third person they're going at it against. What this means is that you've got all this really neat little passion from Daffy and all of this really great order because, let's get real, Bugs Bunny does some really great gags that have some incredible payoff in the end, even if they do take some setting up. So, you know, you've got that really neat little bit of flexibility in the approach. You can go with structure, you can go with the passion, and a lot of times, you're going to see them switching between the two so quickly that it looks like you've actually got them both going on at the same time. And there's absolutely nothing that can beat it when that happens. You've also got a wider range of skills. Because obviously, the merry-go-round person is going to be mastering a lot of those skills. But when he does, ma I mean, he's not going to be mastering as many skills, but when he does master those skills, there's some incredible payoff. Conversely, the roller coaster person is going to be more of a jack of all trades. And I do mean this in general sense. You know, they're going to have a lot more skills to, to bring into the party, but those skills may not be as great in terms of skill level as the roller coaster, or sorry, as the merry go round person. But, so what you end up having is a really great situation where you've got this person who has a few skills, but he's mastered them, and bringing up any little spaces that they may need is that you've got the roller coaster person bringing in this entire truckload of skills even if they may you know may not be more than a passing familiarity nonetheless that's not necessarily a bad thing when you're trying to build a comic you know you need somebody you need to be able to mix somebody who has a couple of really great strong skills versus somebody who has a boatload of weak skills it may not seem like it's a really great combination, but trust me, it 
tends out working really well, especially when you're dealing with a writer who needs a lot of trivial information. You know, those thousand and one skills that he hasn't quite mastered, as long as one of them is research, turns out to be really great. Flip side, an artist with a lot of really small skills can do some really awesome stuff. Especially if they take some time out later on and actually study up on the art. Um, <laughs> what you're obviously going to create is a push-pull tension in the situation. That is, you're going to create a situation where both of them are trying to push and pull in their own particular areas. And that tension can actually work out really well. Because at that point, you're challenging each other to do something. And as long as you've got continuous challenge, people tend to adapt to it and tend to do really, really well. In this particular situation, well, you know, look at the skill set. If you have, you know, you've got the person who's going to master a couple of very definite skills, but he's going to have to learn a lot of little skills in order to keep up with the other person. Conversely, the jack-of-all-trades is going to have to get a little bit better at some of those skills if he's actually going to continue to pull his weight because at some point, both of them are going to have a, a really nice little set of skills going on. It's just, you know, different power levels in them. But they've adapted to each other and have learned a lot from each other. So even after a couple of years, even if the writer, for example, may not be able to draw his way out of a wet paper bag, he can still identify a lot of really great art styles. He can also at least identify the difference between when something's going good versus when it's going bad. You know, it's more of a familiarity there. But you've still got he's still getting a lot better at art. Just as the illustrator is probably not going to master any kind of actual writing skills, but is going to be able to tell, hey, what would happen if, you know, or throw in some really weird facts. You're going to have a really neat little push-pull going where both of them are trying to adapt to each other and trying to get better at each other. Did I say at each other? With each other. Yeah, let's go with each other. Because there's going to be some competition, don't get me wrong. But there's always going to be competition when you got two strong-willed people with different approaches. And like you pointed out, they're a really nice natural complement. That is, you sort of need one of them to act as the balance to the other. If you have two people who are roller coaster people, you're going to end up in a crash at some point. You're going to have the two of them are going to go at each other, they're going to burn each other up. And after a little while, they're either going to need to take a month-long vacation somewhere apart, or they're going to be totally useless as writers or illustrators. You know, they're just going to burn each other up at some point. Conversely, if you've got two merry-go-round people going at it, what you're going to have is, well, boredom. Neither one of them is really pushing each other. They're going to get stuck in all their individual loops. And so at some point in time, you're going to have a point where that loop is going to solidify and they're basically not getting anything done. You just simply need a situation where you've got the roller coaster person and a merry-go-round person working together because otherwise, like I said, they're going to burn each other up or they're just going to be stuck in a loop. And neither one of them is good for the comic. 
are definitely not good for their careers. However, let's get sort of real here. Whenever you get two people together, you always have to worry about the bad effects. And you have to plan for those effects to at least some degree. The first thing you're going to need to do is sort of establish some sort of hierarchy between the two people. You know, who's in charge and that in and of itself is going to get all sorts of fun. Uh, ideally, you're going to be wanting some sort of floating leadership position between the two of them. The only problem you're obviously going to have to deal with is establishing who's in charge at any particular moment. However, you also want to try to avoid having a situation where one of the two people is always in charge. You know, their their word goes first. There's got to be somewhere level trust in that relationship where it's like, dude, we're completely messing this up. We need to try this. It cannot be a 100% I'm in charge. You're going to listen to me and that's it. Otherwise, you're going to undo all the advantage of being in this kind of relationship in the first place. And all of a sudden, it's going to be taking on all the problem, all the advantages, sure, of the person in charge, but it's also going to be taking a lot of the disadvantages in there and magnifying to an nth degree. You know, obviously, if the uh, merry-go-round person is in charge, you're going to have a situation where it's going to get very boring, where you're going to see a lot of control loops, and obviously the comment's going to suffer for that. Conversely, if you put the roller coaster person in charge solely, you're going to have some really great stuff in the comic, don't get me wrong. But you're going to hit a situation where you're going to be burning through it really quick. You know, you're it's just... You need to establish some sort of floating hierarchy. You know, even if one of them is in charge most of the time, you let the other person shine every so often. Personally, if I were a betting man, I'd sort of put the carousel guy in charge, but occasionally allow him to be vetoed by the uh, roller coaster guy. Again, it's just a structure versus passion thing. And if you start looking at, say, Captain Kirk versus Mr. Spock again, you'll note that Captain Kirk usually goes with what Mr. Spock says. They've established a hierarchy where Captain Kirk may be the one ostensibly in charge. Let's get real. Cap, you know, Mr. Spock makes the decision nine times out of ten. It's that one time out of ten, however, that makes having Kirk in charge oh so worth it. You know what I mean? So, you know, give the guy with the roller he's the roller coaster all the you know let him have the kudos for being in charge. Nine times out of ten, anybody who's following along knows who's making most of the decisions, and that's fine. Definitely expect to disagree. Some arguments are going to get way out there. Yeah, if here's where if you have a McCoy type in, you know, this is exactly where you need them. But generally speaking, yeah, you're going to disagree on a lot. You know, there's just no, nat no two ways about it. You're going to have two people with vastly different approaches, vastly different backgrounds, trying to do something and accomplish it in vastly different ways. You know, realistically, if you're not, if you can actually say you're not going to disagree with each other, you have some serious issues. Because I don't care how intelligent and how, you know, I don't, yeah, bottom line is I don't care what kind of person you are. 
There's just no way you can get around having two, you know, two passionate people and not having disagreements every so often. You know, this is where I start having problems with the New Age movement. You can't always compromise. Usually you can, but occasionally you're going to have a situation where you just can't. And you're going to need to figure out some way to break the decision. Some organizations have the setup so they have an odd number of people just for that situation. You know, if everybody votes, you know, there's no way you can have an even tie. You need somebody abstaining. And let's get real, nine times out of ten, you're not going to be, have a reason to abstain. So, just be aware that you're going to have to, you know, have some sort of disagreement in there. Obviously, you're going to need to learn how to communicate. And for both of these two types, yeah, this isn't necessarily an easy thing. You've got the roller coaster person who's always going to want to charge. Who's going to be really big on the whole, you know, you can ask for forgiveness later stuff. Which sounds like it's going to work, but 9 times out of 10, all you're doing is going to tick the other guy off. That's your entire attitude, 9 times out of 10. It's just straight up. Communicate the situation beforehand. And there's just absolutely no way you can get around that. If you, You've got to keep the other person in the loop constantly. You know, it's going to aggravate the roller coaster person because they absolutely hate organization. And in all honesty, you know, the merry-go-round person is going to go into overkill on this. I said this 27 times. Here's every time I said it backed up by some sort of, you know, recording or your signature or whatever. So, you know, but, so it may not sound like this is actually a cool thing to have the merry-go-round person doing the communicating, but you're going to create the, almost the exact same situation just from a different perspective. Really aggravating, and it's going to get really annoying really quick, even though it may take months. All I'm trying to say is to keep the other person in the loop. Period. Before you do anything, even if you think it's relatively minor, sometimes you're going to find out that those little relatively minor little things have major penalties later on. And in general, just keep the other person in mind. You know? Try to have a little bit of empathy. Yeah, I know that Kirk and Spock tend to go at it big time every so often. They're bound to. You've got a person who's emotion versus a person who's logic. And those clashes have, you know, have been absolutely epic. And it's sort of been fun to see when Kirk becomes the logical one and when Spock becomes the emotional one. Ponfar, anybody? Yeah. So, you know, you just have to have some level of empathy and keep, you know, keep everybody in the loop. You know, if I'm going to do something special, but I know it's going to offend somebody else, I'm going to have to let that other person know ahead of time. You know? Now, let's consider one other option. Now, obviously, this is going to apply great if you've got two or more people working together. But occasionally, and in fact, a lot of the time, you're going to be going at it solo. And, well, here's where the fun part happens. Like I pointed out, 
you can even though the roller coaster person will be high on the initiative and will be charging into things, he needs the structure of the merry-go-round person. Conversely, the merry-go-round person ultimately needs the push of the fire, the roller coaster person. If you're just one person, things get interesting. That is, a solo roller coaster is going to charge into stuff and he's going to accomplish a lot, but he's going to end up burning himself out. There's just simply no grounding there. Conversely, the merry-go-round person is going to be so grounded that, well, they're probably not going to get a whole lot done. You know? They're going to be stuck in loops. They're going to be worrying about details to the nth degree. And while they're worrying about all these little details and loops and all this, they're not actually getting anything done. So, what I'm sort of recommending here is that if you're doing things solo, sort of favor the roller coaster a little bit, but use some really great merry-go-round tactics. I mean, you're going to find that you're going to need to charge into situations nine times out of ten. And let's get real, if you're waking up in the morning, you know, being a roller coaster person is going to definitely give you the mo motivation to do things that day. Whereas the merry-go-round person may say, screw it, I'm not feeling so well, and find 47 reasons for staying in bed. You know, there's the whole saying about fortune favors the bold, and it's true, but at the same time, it also favors the intelligent. And let's get real, I don't care how intelligent that roller coaster person is, they need that merry-go-round person. So, if you're on a situation where you're all by yourself and, you know, you're doing the writing and the art, fine, that's not in and of itself an issue. Just realize that you need to, you know, have some sort of structure in there and you can't get lot too lost in the details. Occasionally you need to simply charge into the situation and get it done. And there should be nothing wrong whatsoever with, me, you know, taking on both approaches with, for your average person. Just, so obviously what I'm saying is favor the roller coaster, but... Keep in mind the merry-go-round, you know what I mean? Actually, let me back that up by half a step. What you want to do, when, sort of a really cool approach, is to build up all your infrastructure. It's basically just go out like you would a set of dominoes, but have a lot of fun with it. Instead of basically just simply laying down domino after domino after domino after domino like you would for a really great infrastructure, every so often, you know, every so often say, screw it. What would look really cool right here? You know? Do out this really cool plan, set it up, and just simply say, screw it. Every two to three thousand dominoes would be really cool to offset it. Would be really neat. Would be really spectacular. If you can figure out a way to combine those two, you're going to see yourself doing a really a lot of really great stuff. Because you'll, you'll be charging into stuff, but you essentially you'll be having that really nice infrastructure. And trust me, when you have that infrastructure, it's like a really great springboard for imagination. So you need to figure out a way how to combine the two approaches of roller coaster versus merry-go-round and how you do things. So, how that 
thing in uh, Parenthood ended up working out pretty good, actually. Gil basically overcame his aversion to risk, even though he found out there were some definite advantages to, uh, yeah, he basically went back and begged for his job, but he put so many conditions on it that he actually ended up getting promoted for it. And, of course, his wife figured out a lot of ways to make do with a little bit less. So it was sort of really great the two of them eventually did work out their roller coaster go around issues. Now, I guess I better sum everything back up just in case we haven't figured it out by now, right? Sorry about this. But this is sort of where my carousel part comes in. It's the structure. Just as unfortunately, I probably need to work and tone down the uh, roller coaster and actually reorganize things a lot better. But that's neither here nor there. For your purposes, just keep in mind that, generally speaking, you're going to be working as a team. You're going to want somebody who's coming in as a carousel or the merry-go-round who has the patience, who's not afraid to step the infrastructure, who's worried about details and everything. Continuity details, art details, all these little details are something a webcomic person should be worrying about. Um, you know, on top of that, they're going to be looking for keep, keeping everything as simple as possible. Yeah, they're pretty much the exemplars of the KISS principle. And that's a major advantage when you're doing your web design, when you're doing your marketing, when you're doing the comic book itself. It means that you able to keep track of everything a lot easier. You know, you've got somebody there who's worrying about the details, who's tracking all these details on some level. And, you know, you've got somebody you can go to and basically say, hey, what should this look like? At the same time, that merry-go-round person is occasionally going to need a kick in the pants in order to actually get going on stuff. Flip side... The roller coaster person is going to be really great for charging into stuff and for keeping everything burning and blazing and all this passion and all this emotion, and all this energy. And it's going to be trying to go forward and stuff and try to figure out, you know, what's some really cool stuff we can do. But he's going to need somebody with a wrench, you know, keeping track of his backside. This is one of those really weird situations where a great pair of friends realizes that. You know, you're going to have somebody who's going to be charging and somebody who's going to keep pulling you back. And that's not necessarily a bad thing, as long as there's a balance struck on there. And let's get real, when we're dealing with any kind of business, it's better to be friends than just to be neutral with each other. So, figure out what kind of personalities you, one of the two of you fit better. And make sure that you have a roller coaster and that you have a uh, merry-go-round person. And that both of you aren't the exact same type. Because if you are the exact same type, yeah, things just aren't going to happen. Or they're going to happen in such a spectacular way that you're going to be forgotten six months after. And as artists, the last thing you want to do is be forgotten. So strive for that balance. You'd be surprised what you can accomplish by being a little bit balanced. Full passion with a control rod is probably one of the best combinations you can have out there in terms of the art world. So strive for that whenever possible. With that in mind, 
Have a good evening. I'll talk to you later.